job. Good morning. Thank you for being here again. We appreciate so much your presence. It might be that you're visiting. As always, we invite you to come back and be with us. We are very thankful for the number of visitors that come our way from week to week. We hope that you feel welcome. If you're looking for a church home, we would be more than happy to have you come and be a part of our work here, to be a part of this family and to make known Christ in this community. We're grateful for the prayer that was offered, the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper, to sing praise to God, to give of our means. And now we're going to be talking about God's Word. And so we want to think about what the Bible has to say, particularly as it relates to life and how it impacts our life here upon planet Earth. I do want to make mention very quickly, our VBS is coming up in a couple of weeks. A lot of preparation has been underway. I, I would encourage you to reach out to your friends and neighbors, invite them to come and be a part of this great week. It will no doubt be a treat for a lot of young folks, and so to those who are laboring in that endeavor, we thank you. We hope that we can fill this building with a lot of good, a lot of good young folks. In a lesson today, I want us to think for a moment or two about a town hall meeting. Not just any town hall meeting, but this is a very special town hall meeting. Because we've invited Jesus, the Son of God, as well as the apostles. That might be the case that you've had the opportunity to see political candidates in various parts of the country engaging in what is often called a town hall meeting. And you know that those who are present on occasions like that, there's a number of people, there are a number of people that are vocal supporters of their candidate. And then there are others that would be called detractors. They're not supportive. And in some ways, there are occasions when it's somewhat of a hostile environment. You got a lot of people present, a lot of different views that are being expressed. And so the intent is for the one who is on the podium to have the opportunity to express his thinking, his thoughts, the direction that he wants to take in his office. Well, we're not really concerned about political candidates. We're not here to talk about any type of politics. But we are interested in hearing what the Lord has to say. And not just the Lord, but we want to hear from His apostles, those men that the Bible declares as His ambassadors, those special servants. So imagine if you can, we've collected a number of folks, and we've got a packed house. Tensions are high. And there are a lot of people that are sitting on the edge of their seat and they want to hear from Jesus. And they're interested in what these men have to say about the one they've been following. So in our lesson today, let's just think for a moment or two about this town hall meeting with Jesus and the apostles. And I want to just say right up front, I'm not really going to follow an outline. You can take a copy of the outline, but I'm not planning to really use that. I don't want to throw you off if you're looking at the screen today. But you can go back and look at the scriptures and run the references if you want to 
later today. But I think first and foremost, if we're going to have a town hall meeting and we've invited Jesus and the apostles, it would only stand to reason that we want to hear from Jesus Himself. And we want to begin by asking Him, Who are you? If the world today had the opportunity to sit in the middle of a town hall meeting and Jesus were in their midst, would not the very first question, Who are you? Well, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, who was and is and is to come, the Almighty. You're what? I'm the Almighty. You see, I'm the Messiah, the Anointed One. John 4, verse 26. I'm the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the good shepherd. More importantly, I am the Son of God. John chapter 9. Now wait a minute. You're telling us that you're the Son of God? That's right. You heard me correctly. So what do you guys think about this? Peter, what do you think about this fella who claims to be the Son of God? I can tell you right now, he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, Matthew 16, 16. Surely, John, you don't believe that. I mean, John, who do you think this guy is? Oh, he's the Word who became flesh. And we beheld his glory. Glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What do you mean when you say, He's the Word who became flesh? Well, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You're telling me, John, that you believe this man, that this is God in the flesh? All right, Paul, what do you think? Paul, you used to be a zealous Jew. But now you're in his camp. What do you think about him? He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities and powers. All things were made by him and without him. As John said, nothing was made. You see, He's before all things. In Him all things consist. So Paul, you're telling me that this fellow right here, that he is the very image, the divine representation of Almighty God. You heard me right. That's what I'm saying. You see, in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You guys really believe that? John, are you going to stand by that? As I said a minute ago, he's the Alpha, the Omega. The beginning, the end. Who was and is and is to come. He's the Almighty. He is the divine Son of the living God. Jesus, where'd you come from? I mean, we've heard a lot of reports. 
I mean, aren't you the carpenter's son? And isn't your mother Mary? And your brothers, James and Joseph, Simon, Judas, your sisters, aren't they, aren't they all here with us? Where then did you get these mighty works? Where'd you come from? John said, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. You remember Matthew, the tax collector? Matthew said Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. As written in the prophets, Micah chapter 5. And Micah told us that the one that would be born in Bethlehem, that his goings forth are from of old, from days eternal. No beginning, no ending. So you're here to tell me that you are the eternal self-existent God, before Abraham was, I am. Except you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. John 8, 24. Well, Jesus, I've been reading in this book that we call the Bible, the Scriptures. And I see where you tell people that you're going to build the church. Well, what about that church? I mean, we look around in the world today and there are all these varying churches out here. I see this church practicing this thing. Here's another church. They practice this. Here's a church that wears this name. A church wears another name. So I want to know, what about this church stuff? Peter, I'm going to build my church. Not just any church, but I'm going to build my church. Peter, is that what he said? Yes, sir. You see, Jesus said to me, I also say to you, that you're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. You see, my name means a pebble, a stone. And based upon the fact that I acknowledged in the presence of this man, that He is the Son of the living God. He then said, You're Peter, and I'm going to build my church on this rock, not just a stone, but on a mammoth rock, a large stone. Based upon what this man said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. What do you think about that, Paul? I mean, after all, I read a lot about the church, and I can read in Acts chapter 20, where you said that Jesus purchased the church with His blood. It's found in verse 28. Well, how many churches then does the Lord authorize? I think we ought to know. Which church is He placing His stamp of authority upon? Well, He's the head of the body of the church, which is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the... Now, wait a minute, Paul. 
You're telling me that he's the head of the body? That he was the active cause behind which the church came into being? That's exactly right. You listen well. Well, I thought there was a fellow here on earth that was functioning as the head of the church. Oh, no, he's the head of the body, the church. There's only one head. That's Jesus. There's just one head. There's just one body. Well, how do I know that? There's one body, one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is above all, over all, and in you all. Surely you don't mean that. I mean, you're, you're telling me there's just one church? It's exactly what I'm telling you. Now, man, I'm telling you what, that sure is narrow-minded. Of all the things, you're telling us, Jesus, that you just built one church. That's right. Paul, is that right? He just built one church? It's exactly right. Matter of fact, other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, wait a minute. You're telling me that I've got to be a member of this church, that I've got to be a part of this body to go to heaven. Who do you think you are? I mean, there are a lot of important religious people in the world today. There are a lot of folks that are following different people. And you're telling me, you're telling me that you are the exclusive way of salvation. I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Now, wait a minute. Jesus, you're saying you are the exclusive way, truth, life. Yes. Peter and John, how do you feel about that? You mean to tell me you're going to stand here and support what this man says? Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's found in Acts 4 verse 12. That's narrow-minded. That's exclusive. I mean, don't you know? This is a politically correct age. This is a day where pluralism Reign supreme. You do what you want to do, I'll do what I want to do, and we'll all end up in the same place. You didn't hear me, guys. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. You got it? I don't want you to leave this meeting today and misunderstand what I'm telling you. So you're telling me that you are the exclusive way to salvation and that this church that you built, promised to build, and you bought with your blood, that if folks aren't members of that church, they're not going to heaven. You're a good listener. He's the Savior of the body, Ephesians 5.23. Now wait a minute, Lord. Are you telling me that I've got to be baptized if I want to go to heaven? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You got it? Well, I don't believe it. He that believeth not shall be damned. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Peter, 
I can read what the Bible says about the Lord giving you men the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So what we want to know, what we really want to know, is this the message that you guys are preaching and teaching? The very idea that I've got to be baptized to go to heaven. Let every one of you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Acts 2 verse 38. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Acts 2 verse 47. Now wait a minute, Jesus. You're trying to tell me that if I have not been born again, that if I do not submit to being baptized, that I cannot go to heaven, that I can't be a part of this body. Except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. You got that? We clear? I'm the Savior, right? I have purchased the church. Those who are members of the church are numbered among the saved. Paul, what about that idea? Paul, are you really going to tell us that you've got to be baptized? Well, I remember Ananias coming to me and I'd been praying and fasting for three days after I saw the Lord on the road to Damascus. I was intent on bringing people back bound to Jerusalem. Ananias said to me, and now, what are you waiting on? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That's what I was told to do. The message that I preach and teach, it's not my message, it comes from the Lord. Now, wait a minute, Lord. You're telling me that you have authority to regulate those who enter the kingdom of God, to dictate how they are to live? All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. We were with Him on the Mount of Transfiguration. We were eyewitnesses to His glory. And we heard God the Father say from heaven, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear Him. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him, Colossians 3.17. This man has all authority. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the ruler over the kings of the earth. But Jesus, I want to know something. We got a lot of folks in the world today, they're talking about same-sex marriage. And we want to know where you stand on that issue. What do you think about it? Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Wherefore, there are no more two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put aside. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. You're saying in the beginning that God made a male and female. 
that the male is to leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. So what's so, what's the big deal? I mean, why can't two men, two women marry one another, enjoy cohabitation? Have you not read? He that made them at the beginning made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave unto his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. You do understand that that's not going to win you any points in the world today, don't you? You do understand that we are opposed to where you stand right now. So Paul, what do you think? You're one of his followers. You're one of his apostles. What do you think about it? Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Neither fornicators, adulterers, idolaters, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now wait a minute, Paul. Are you telling me that if folks live this kind of lifestyle, they're not going to heaven? Is that what you're saying? You're listening well. So you're saying that marriage is between a man and a woman. That's exactly right. Well, who do you think you are? All things were made through Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. You see, I'm the Creator. And as the Creator, I have the divine prerogative to set the boundaries of how my creation is to live. Now you can reject it, or you can be receptive to it. That choice is yours, because I made you with the freedom of choice. You know, guys, I've been sifting through this book. So we want to know. Is this book the inspired, inerrant Word of God? All Scripture, given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. So wait a minute, Paul. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're trying to tell me that this book is the inspired Word of the living? What world are you living in? I mean, I understand, this, this book is, you know, on a plane equal to Shakespeare, one of the other great poets of the day. You're trying to tell me this is the word of the living God? Oh, I remember David said in the long ago, the Spirit of the Lord spoke by me. His word was on my tongue. What do you think, Peter? Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, I just got to ask you, Lord, I've listened to your apostles. I've heard you. I've listened to the defense that you just made about this book called the Bible. And you're telling me that you are the creator and that you are the sustainer and that you are the redeemer of heaven and earth. So if I understand you right, you're trying to tell me that if I don't follow this book, I'll be lost. Is that what you're saying, Jesus? 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Oh, many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, in your name cast out demons, in your name done many mighty works. Oh, but I'll profess to them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. What do you say about it, John? How do you feel about that? Oh, blessed are those that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and enter through the gates into the city. You're trying to tell me that this book is the literal Word of Almighty God. Lord, You have the words of eternal life, John 6, verse 68. And we've come to believe and to know that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, and we want you folks to know that. You need to know that. And you need to understand that this book right here is going to judge you guys. All you folks out here in this meeting, questions you've asked, good questions, fair questions. But he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. I can just hear John saying, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. I think we've heard a lot from the Lord about His position. We've heard from the apostles. And now we've got to decide, do we believe them? Are we going to follow them? Or will we walk out these doors and say, they don't have a clue. They have no idea what they're talking about. In their narrow-minded, exclusive world, they think they're the only ones going to heaven. You've got to make that decision. You have to decide what you believe. And then you've got to decide whether or not you're going to obey it. So here's my question to you. When you sift through this book and you read about Jesus and the apostles, and you read what they have to say, is what they have to say true or false? Is what they have to say worthy of you giving your life in His service or walk away? Lord, I read in this book that you call the Bible where you said on one occasion, you wicked and slothful servant. I hear you saying, cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. Are you trying to tell us in the 21st century that there's a place called hell? Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. You shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. If the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. So what about you? Have you obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ? If you haven't obeyed the gospel, Jesus is the one who saves.
His church is the house of the saved. And the Bible is very clear that those who want to become His disciples must be baptized for the remission of sins, added to His body, and then they are to live a life of consecration. That means you live for Him day in, day out. It's not like putting on a pair of clothes, a pair of shoes every day. It's a lifetime endeavor. If you're here today and maybe your life's not what it ought to be and you need to come home to God, we would encourage you to come as we stand and sing.